You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, December 17th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. And we might be mentioning a little thing that I wrote over there recently on today's show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for the, you know, show account on Twitter. Or you can subscribe on YouTube, Locked On Padres, slowly been figuring out how to make sure the interruptions aren't there and all that stuff, and you get to see me in my little fryer. I look like a swinging fryer right now, Snuggie, that I've been using lately on the old youtube you can subscribe there for all my audio listeners that want the visual component um thank you as always for making lockdown potties your hashtag first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms and today's show guys it's a goodie it's a real real goodie it is the 400th episode of lockdown potties that's right i've been hosting this damn podcast for 400 episodes And before I get all super sentimental about it, let me just tell you what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. A bunch of questions that you guys sent me, a couple that were sent like a a few weeks ago, or actually one in particular that has multiple aspects of it about, you know, the Padres, who is their biggest asset, who should they not trade, who should they trade, stuff like that. Someone also asked me, we're going to be talking about who is the Padre that is best suited to play Spider-Man, because after all, today, Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. By the time you're watching this, I am probably going on social media blackout. So you guys can leave me comments, but if you do, just so you know, I won't be looking at them. At least not until I see the movie, like mid-afternoon around that time. So just so you know, that's where I am right now. Uh, Crazy stuff. It's because people are really jerks out there with spoilers. I'm going to be talking about that, and then at the end of the episode, I'm going to be talking about my five favorite players in honor of a new article that I just dropped. So what are we waiting for, man? We're already three minutes into this bad boy. Let's begin, guys. Let's start with the question... That is the title of today's episode. It comes from my guy Steve Granado, the host of Locked On Angels. Go check out his channel, guys. He's been killing it with YouTube. Frankly, a lot better video quality than mine. He's been killing it. Uh, he says, which current Padre would be best suited to take over the responsibility of Spider-Man? That's right. Let's do it. It's the, it's the big question. Look, so I it's I try so hard to be as unique as possible. Not to say that I'm a hipster, but I try and look for the different angle. I try and find a way to say, you know what, man? Let's not let's not go with the obvious answer. Let's not go with the superstar. It's easy to go with the superstar, man. Everybody can do it. It's not hard. It ain't hard. It, it is just it's just easy. It's just easy. But at the same time, man, with this question, you kind of have no choice other than El Nino himself. Fernando Tatis Jr., he is the kid, he is the franchise in a lot of ways. He is exciting in a plethora of ways as well. He is the star, he is the best player. Now, that all being said, Spider-Man, as someone who is a huge fan of him, he is a character that isn't necessarily always about 
being the best and being the star. He's the star in terms of being the most famous character, but that's different. That has to do with us as consumers, as fans, you know, liking him the most because he's also, you know, the best character and all that stuff. I, if I do say so myself out of all the comic book characters and whatnot. But a lot of Spider-Man is that he's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. He's not the most powerful Avenger or Marvel Comics character by far. You know what I mean? There's plenty of characters you can name off the top of your head that are much stronger than him. Whether it be, you know, people in the X-Men. Whether it be people in the Avengers like the Hulk or Iron Man and people like that, right? So I wonder, is Tatis the one? Now, I will say, uh, Padres Obsessed West replied on Twitter very smartly with, this is a good point, showing Tatis's matrix, you know, when he dives back to first base dodging. That is a Spider-Man attribute, the spider sense, being able to maneuver, being able to jump up and down and dodge bullets and all that stuff. In the case of Tatis, being able to dodge tags. That part is true with this play style. But I will say, being the best and being the star and just kind of, you know, and having a lot of power, live with the home run power and all that stuff, isn't necessarily something that I would attach to Spider-Man. That's what makes him so so kind of difficult in terms of current Padres. Current Padres, I wish there was a different one we could go with. I wish that we could say, you know, C.J. Abrams maybe. You know, as a prospect, just because he is the young up and comer, he's a little bit exciting, but he's a little bit more of a speed guy. You know what I mean? He's a little bit, he's not necessarily the most powerful in the world. He's not necessarily the biggest superstar in the world. You could go Jake Cronenworth, kind of a little bit of that underdog thing that Spider Man has going for him every now and then. A little bit of, you know, he's versatile. Uh, Jake Cronenworth could play a lot of different positions. You know what I'm saying? I, I know it sounds like I'm. I'm, you know, uh, what's the word? Stretching out this question to make it just more interesting than just saying Tatis. But I'm just saying, when you look at the course of Spider-Man, one of the things that I love about the character always is he's a kid trying his best. He's not the strongest, as I've mentioned, as I've detailed already. But he's, he's just a kid trying to do his best. And that, to me, isn't necessarily Tatis. Isn't necessarily. Tatis is a little bit more intense and a little bit more powerful. You know what I mean? I wonder if Cronenworth or C.J. Abrams might be a little bit more to that because they are younger and they are, in the case of Cronenworth, versatile. In the case of Abrams, he is that young guy. He's got the speed and all that stuff. But in fairness, we haven't seen C.J. Abrams' debut. With Cronenworth, a little bit of an underdog, kind of out of nowhere. I don't know. And not to mention, Cronenworth got his chance uh, to play in the majors. A little bit happenstance, you know what I mean? If not for the fact that Jorge Mateo got COVID-19, which, by the way, I've heard a lot of spikes and all that stuff lately, especially in New York City, um, which is by near me. Everybody out there, hope you're safe and stuff. And hope you're safe and stuff in general, of course. But, you know, Cronenworth gets his shot because a little bit of a happenstance luck with Peter Parker it was a spider biting. Not to make light of the situation, but Jorge Mateo testing positive for COVID-19 is part of the reason that um, Jay Cronenworth ends up making the team in the first place. So I wonder if that's a little bit part of it. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. For now, I'll say Tatis, but I'm just saying those two guys, is there a reliever? Not necessarily Blake Snell's a little weird, if you want to say that, but he isn't quite nerd weird the way Peter Parker is. So I don't know, man. I don't know. And that's another thing. We didn't even get into that. Is it Peter Parker's Spider-Man? Is it Miles Morales' Spider-Man? Is it Ben Riley's Spider-Man? Is it um, Spy- Gwen Stacy's Spider-Man? Is it Spider-Ham? Is it Spider-Man Noir? I'm going to imagine that you mean the regular Spider-Man. Don't get me wrong, Steve. But it is a thing worth bringing up. It is a thing worth bringing up. Um, But again, thank you so much for that question, Steve. Uh, 
I wonder what the rest of you guys think. I can't wait for this freaking movie. I love Spider-Man, as you guys can tell. Uh, I could talk about that character forever. He means so much to me. Coming of age, just this this kid trying to do his best. The, the web shooters and having to afford rent and stuff like that. I just, I can't wait. I hope the movie's a blast, and I imagine it's going to be. Um, and hopefully you guys uh, agree with my decision. I think my, my, my analysis take is more of a Cronenworth. That's just me. I think that in terms of just the the, the, the as Padres obsessed West point out with the um, the agility and just being the star, it's Tati. So it's between those two, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, but let's move on, guys, to the next question. Actually, you know what? Since this episode's already flying by pretty quickly, let's take a quick second, guys, to talk about another thing that's my favorite. Not just Spider-Man is my favorite, guys, but it is the best tasting protein bar in all the land, guys. Built Bars this holiday season grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bars, they're filled with so much holiday goodness, man, let me tell you. You get best of both worlds. It's delicious and it's healthy for you. So many flavors. They've got a gingerbread flavor that just came out, an eggnog flavor, which I have not tried them yet. My apologies, guys. I can't do everything in the world at once, but I haven't tried them yet, but they sound delicious. And they've also got stuff like peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, which is delicious, cherry, double chocolate, uh, raspberry mint brownie, my mom's personal favorite, cherry barcia, lemon, uh, apple almond crisp is my favorite. I haven't seen that one available lately, but I hope they bring it back. Hey, Bilt Bar guys and, and, and gals, if you're listening to this, you listen to this episode and make sure I, I do justice for your, your old company. Can you send me a Apple Alba Crisp? I really make that. Or make it available. I love it. But anyway, guys, high protein, you know, low carbs. They're not bad for you. It's really great. Better than a candy bar. What are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That is right, guys. Just for listening to this episode, remember promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com to get 15% off your order. Built Bars are the best, baby. As always, guys, thank you. Just want a reminder. Thank you for making Locked on Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's keep it rolling, ladies and gentlemen, before I get sentimental about this all being the 400th episode. The next question comes by way of my good old buddy, Colin. Uh, it doesn't say his name like that on Twitter, but I know who he is. Uh, his name on Twitter is Chopped Liver over here. <laughs> and he says, how come you probably main Kirby? Of course, this is reference to the hit game Super Smash Brothers. Uh, this is, this is of, course an, of course, an insult. Uh, I think that a lot of people know that people who main Kirby, they tend to do the thing where he inhales you. You know, he absorbs you. He tries to swallow you. And then he, you just jump off the stage and spit them under the stage for all my Smash Brothers fans out there. Uh, it is basically a punk way of playing Super Smash Brothers. A little, just an obnoxious little punk way to play Super Smash Brothers. I actually do not main Kirby, and I, I feel like this was a big insult uh, for my guy Colin. I actually, I will not lie though, I'm a little bit of a goofball, so I kind of understand if people would think that I'm the type to main Kirby. For those who are curious though, no, that's not my main. My main is actually uh, Dr. Mario for Super Smash Brothers Melee. In Super Smash Brothers Brawl, it's Sonic a little bit, I don't really know. Honestly, it's probably just Sonic and Super Smash Brothers Brawl and King Day today. I also really enjoy using, and then in the most recent Super Smash Brothers, it's those guys, but it's mostly Pac-Man. Pac-Man is my main, main guy. Love Pac-Man, love throwing the fruits, and I've always had, I love playing those Pac-Man world games when I was younger. I've always loved the 3D Pac-Man with the legs and just the smile. I don't know what it is about that character model, but it just means a lot to me. I love it so much. I even played a PC game like Pac-Man Adventures Through Time or something like that. I just have always loved that that design of the character. 
I can't really explain why, but Pac-Man's my guy. Uh, so thank you for the question, though, Kyle. Hey, I did say you could ask any questions out here. But now, after that quick one, let's get into a Padres question that was asked to me a while ago from Dan LeBlanc on YouTube that I've been saving for this mailbag because... Honestly, didn't get that many questions in the mailbag this time. It happens. People probably missed it. Maybe everybody's on social media blackout the way I am. But Dan LeBlanc says, so having said all this, which player can be, sorry, which player on the Padres roster, pound for pound, dollars to donuts, is the most valuable, the highest trade value, the most irreplaceable? Who is the one untouchable prospect? Let me hear it. Okay. So that's a lot of questions in one, my guy, but I'm going to let you go because, like I said, didn't get as many of a response because I'm a loser. Nobody cared about my 400th episode this time. Uh, so let's start. Which player on the on the roster is the most valuable? The most valuable in terms of just in a vacuum is Fernando Tatis Jr. He's the best player on the roster, and if you want to talk about most irreplaceable, it's also Fernando Tatis Jr. It's shortstop. He's a, that's the position in baseball that you need. You you, you know you, you basically captain the defense and the infield in a lot of ways, and he's just a freak at just 23 years old. The fact that you have him and he should be getting even better as time goes on. You can't replace stuff like that. This isn't a 30 year old who's peaking at the right time. You could say that he's – that's the difference. There's a difference for replaceable versus best. You, there might be some people who could argue Machado just because he's been doing it for longer and he's a savvy veteran. You could say that. But the fact that Tatis is so young is the other thing about this. You know what I mean? When you're an older player, that's one thing. Uh, so, for example, so let's say another team. Let's say um, – what's a good example right now? Like a Freddie Freeman. A Freddie Freeman is probably the best player on the Braves – but Ronald Acuna Jr. is the most valuable because he's super young and all that stuff. So there's a lot of things that go into that. And that's another thing. Highest trade value is another part of your question here. It's a great point. It's a great point. The highest trade value on the team, I would say, also has to do with, you know, kind of value at the same time. The highest trade value piece on the Padres is still Fernando Tatis Jr. because he is so young and people would absolutely eat that contract, or at least plenty of teams will, because of his essentially Hall of Fame trajectory. But let's ignore that for a second. It's Jake Cronenworth. I put out this tweet uh, the other day that I'm scared to even check my Twitter account just in case people were mean and started responding or gave me spoilers or anything like that. But it got a lot of traction. That was the highest F war, which is Fangraph's war, wins or replacements, players uh, since the beginning of the 2020 season. Number one is Marcus Simi with a 7.8. Number two is Brandon Lau with a 7.6. Number three, Jake Cronenworth with a 5.9. Number four, Jose Altuve, 5.3. And number five, DJ LeMahieu. And what I also mentioned is if you take into account Jake Cronenworth's uh, contract, the fact that he isn't getting paid all that much considering, like I said earlier in the episode, that he was a guy that just kind of came out of nowhere in a lot of ways, and if not for Jorge Mateo getting COVID, he probably wasn't going to debut with the Padres, at least initially. Um, If you take that into account, if you take into account the versatility, the fact that he can play multiple positions from shortstop to second, which he's played a lot, and first, and play it good, by the way. And I imagine he could he could, he could could actually pitch, by the way. He pitched in college, uh, pitched a little bit in the minors, I think. Uh, did he pitch in the minors? I forgot. But he, he can if, he need, if they actually needed him to. He's too valuable as a hitter. To already be this good, to basically be Ven Zobrist, is why I think Jake uh, Gernerworth probably has the biggest value because any team in baseball would trade for him. You could make the argument that the time and overall commitment would make guys like Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. just a tad bit less because there are teams that because they are cheapskates and you know how baseball is, look, we're in a lockout. You guys know how it is. Teams and owners are cheapskates. That because of that, 
that Jay Cronenworth would be a player that uh, any any team would trade for because you don't have to worry about that contract because of the years of control at low pay. That is what I think makes Jay Cronenworth so untouchable in a lot of ways and the highest valuable asset on the team. But then again, that's just me. Um, I think he's the guy with the most trade value. I do. And I think that you could argue that Manny Machado would be after that in the sense of guys that could be traded, uh, at least in my opinion. I think that the reason I say Machado is because it – I'm not even going to say that. I, it, I'm just thinking of the athletic piece. If they're, if they're fully uh, – um, oh, man. Did my audio cut off in GarageBand? Damn it. Uh, well, anyway, sorry, guys. Uh, but, hey, this is what happens. Um, I think that when it comes to uh, prospect now – Let's get into that part of the question as my computer was just bugging out. Most untouchable prospect is C.J. Abrams, uh, easily. This is a guy that the Padres are expecting to have up next year. Um, at one point, it was Mackenzie Gore because he was a pitcher and because the Padres maybe needed some um, um, starting pitching help at the time. But he's fallen off a bunch. He's ranked around the 60s, even 80s I've seen in some areas when it comes to Padres uh, prospects or not even Padres prospects, but prospects over the course of you know every team in baseball. Um, it's C.J. Abrams, though. He's probably going to debut next uh, next year. It's going to be interesting where they slot him in, depending on how free agency goes. We're going to have to see where they place him uh, on, you know, the Padres' roster. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play second base because it depends if they do get that universal DH. If they do sign someone, maybe the guy at first base ends up playing the DH position instead, the ground ball gremlin. I'm not going to say him by name anymore. Already did an episode on that. You guys can check that out yourselves. Um and if that happened, then Cronenworth could move to first, and then C.J. Abrams could move to second. It all depends. He might debut second half of next year. It all depends. But C.J. Abrams easily, there's nothing they are trading for that guy That guy for, especially because the farm system has lost so much depth after all the trades that they've made. Good trades in some cases, don't get me wrong, and trades that I would still make. But I'm just saying in terms of the, the kind of current uh, con- construction of the Padres roster, that is kind of where we are at. Um, but thank you for the question, Dan LeBlanc, so much. I liked it. A lot of uh, questions in that one for sure. Um, sorry if the audio cut off and whatnot a little bit there, guys. But again, what can I say? Uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. Just the way, you know, just the way it got cut off in the second half of them Padres, man. They they got cut off in a lot of ways. It was really miserable. I try so hard not to, just to pretend that that didn't happen. That Padres part of the season, let me tell you. But anyway, guys, before we get into the final part of this podcast, talking about my top five favorite players of all time, which some of you longtime listeners might be able to guess uh, a couple of these um, for sure. And they might make some of you a little bit frustrated because we don't necessarily have the ones that you would expect listening to Lockdown Padres to be on there. But nevertheless, it's a fun list and we're going to talk about it really quickly, guys. But before we do that, let me just take a question to talk to you about Bet Online. They have you covered for all season man obviously we're in a lockout right now but they've got you covered in all the sports right they remain your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to their new updated desktop or mobile website sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus guys of course with the lockout i know what you might be thinking man what do you mean like it's a lockout I got no baseball betting. Don't worry, man. They've got you in basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, everything. They got you covered, man. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. 
Thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first to listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Just want to squeeze that in one more time. Probably didn't need to, but felt like doing it anyway. Guys, we're in the final moments of this podcast. All right, let's just get into it. I recently wrote for JustBaseball.com, uh, something that I'll probably look in the description of the podcast for both YouTube and audio. It is the Just Baseball staff's top five favorite players of all time. We had a bunch of different people and a bunch of different perspectives write a little blurb, including who are their top five favorite players of all time. People like Ken Griffey Jr., Jose Fernandez, you know, rest in peace, guys like that. Mike Trout is on here. Shohei Otani is on here. Derek Jeter, all sorts of players. But in terms of my list specifically... Take a second, listeners. Take a second, you, you right there. Maybe you're on your, if you're driving, please, you know, stay safe and all that stuff. But every, wherever you are, just take a second and guess. Who do you think my favorite players are? Despite this being locked on Padres, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say them right now. In no particular order, my top five favorite players in baseball of all time are Lou Gehrig, Roberto Clemente, CC Sabathia, Hunter Pence, and Brett Gardner. It took me a while to come up with this list. I'd say that CC Sabathia is the one that wasn't, it, it was a little bit harder for me. Uh, I, I didn't know exactly if he'd make it. it. It was close. It was absolutely close. But the reason why I have some of those guys on there is two things, all right? Let me just say, why are there no Padres, Javi? How do you not, this is Lockdown Padres. How do you not have Tony Gwynn or Trevor Hoffman? You know why? Because those guys were in their prime and playing for the Padres. One, when I wasn't a fan of the Padres. And two, when I wasn't really a fan of baseball. I've mentioned this a lot on this podcast, but I got into sports a little bit later. I was a super nerd. I did not get into baseball and sports throughout my whole life. My parents were Yankees fans, but they weren't like freakazoid, like diehard, like fanatics, I guess you could say. Freakazoids is a little bit mean, but they weren't keeping up with all the stats and all the players. They had their favorites. My dad and my mom loved Bernie Williams, and my mom specifically loved Jorge Posada. And I grew up a Yankee fan. I, of course, uh, am now divorced from my Yankees fandom, but in a lot of ways, that was kind of it. And growing up, you might be thinking, Brett Gardner? If you were a Yankee fan, how is Brett Gardner your favorite? Don't get me wrong, I loved Jeter. Jeter, when I was a young kid, I actually remember going to Yankee Stadium, like when I was like four or something like that. They had like a mural. And I didn't have a favorite player because I never even, I didn't even know what baseball probably was at the time. And I just pointed, I had to decide a favorite player. They were like, who was your favorite? And I looked at the mural and I just went, uh, that guy, picked randomly. And you know who I ended up picking randomly? Derek Jeter. So your boy had good taste, even at four years old. But a lot of things, and this is getting a little bit personal, I did not grow up in middle school. I had I went to a private school, and the classes were small. I didn't, a lot of kids were mean to me. They thought it was weird that I liked video games. It was like one of those where like I just wasn't around enough kids. I thought that liking video games was like incredibly weird and made you a loser, among other things that I liked, like Sonic and all this stuff, a little bit of anime stuff. So I grew to kind of resent my classmates, and they were all Yankees and New York fans. Obviously, this is, I grew up in New Jersey. And the last thing I wanted to do was like players that they liked too, if I did like this team. So I wanted to find someone new. And I chose this ugly-looking dude who ran fast and was tough and made fun defensive players and was a speedster and had a weird swing of the bat. He just became my guy. And that's why Brett Gardner, to this day, is one of my favorite players of all time and still is. And if you're wondering about the other guys, Hunter Pence, 
I like him because another another dorky swing guy, just unconventional stuff. I always loved watching him play. There's that really funny gif you can look up where he swings the ball and makes contact, and then the camera zooms in on his face, and he's like, <gasps> like he, he literally has like this shocked face. You guys can't see it if you're listening to if you're an audio listener, but he has this like shocked <gasps> like face. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, that makes me laugh every time. And on top of that, he's a huge nerd. Uh, I listen to like kind of funny. Uh, which is a video game, like kind of nerd pop culture uh, company that does, you know, YouTube content creation and all that stuff. And he's friends with those guys. He's been on their shows before. He talks about Mortal Kombat and all this stuff. Like, he's in the nerd community. I always love the scooter stuff. Just a weirdo, and he's full of energy. In a lot of ways, I look up to that because, you know, I try to make my podcast just full of nonstop energy in a lot of ways, too, even if people don't always like it. And then, so that describes Brett Gardner, Hunter Pence, CC Sabathia. I always loved how humble the guy was, despite being one of the best players on that team, being one of the best players in baseball. And I really adored his documentary, Under the Grapefruit Tree, that he had. Um, He just seemed to, and I wrote about this, he seemed to master the perfect balance between rage and serenity. That's that's what I felt about CeCe Sabathia when he was pitching. A perfect balance. And I feel like if you can master that in life... You can master a lot of things. And I also like the fact that he's just completely unfiltered in a lot of ways on that R2C2 podcast. Really enjoy him on that. And then that leaves, let's see here, uh, two players. Roberto Clemente. I'm Puerto Rican. I always talk about Puerto Rican power. I'm proud of my heritage. I'm proud of my my background and all that stuff. And Roberto Clemente is like the best Puerto Rican player ever and one of the best players in the history of baseball. A bullet cannon arm. My dad always tells me, even he knew uh, growing up that Roberto Clemente was incredible, seeing him beam balls from wherever. Uh, he was incredible. Hall of Famer. So I feel like I had to have him on my list. And the last one's Lou Gehrig. And this one is because, very simple. Very simple. Uh, a guy who I think we should all, that we could all maybe take from to be grateful for where we are. Obviously, tragically passing. Um, needs no introduction. Obviously great as a player, but a man who stood there knowing he was dying from a terminal disease gets up there. And I'm trying not to be emo- to get too emotional, but gets up there and says, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. It's my favorite sports quote and one of my favorite things in sports. You know, a guy who was the, the most famous player next to Babe Ruth on a famous team making making money. He's famous and he's he's super talented, and his life is going to be ch- cut short by this disease. But he he gets up there and says, "I consider myself the luckiest person in the world." And I, I have a feeling that there are some other people like that. I think there's a lot of people who just take a second. I know it's not easy, especially with the current state of the world, but uh, try and be grateful for what you have, and just understand that some people have nothing. And man, like I consider that too. And I consider myself very lucky to be hosting this podcast. I know that sounds so weird. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people bigger in this industry than me. People at the Tribune. Shout out my guy AJ Casavell on MLB.com that cover this team. People on YouTube that I've seen that cover this team. I ain't the only one. I'm not the only one with a blue check mark on Twitter. I'm not the only one who's, you know, been incredibly, uh, you know, uh, that has been incredibly a nerd and has, been, has written a bunch of stuff for various websites. You guys can check out my work. Hopefully I'll have some stuff coming out over at Thrillist, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I've written a Nerdist, Mental Floss, Intern there, Great Parents and all that stuff. I'm not the only one. Don't get me wrong. But I still feel incredibly lucky, guys, to be 
the hosts of this podcast. Despite all the little things that I've done, I mean nothing. I mean nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Nothing at all. But I'm still happy that I've done 400 episodes of this. And while I don't feel like I look around and I see that I have the greatest clout in the world, I don't even know how many people listen to this show sometimes. And by that, I mean like really listen and are longtime listeners. If you are, first of all, thank you so much. That's incredible. And also, what is wrong with you? Do something better with it. No, I'm kidding around. I'm kidding around. But, you know, it's it, it's crazy. 400 episodes. And I think the biggest reason I'm thankful is because I met a lot of people through this this podcast Got to just kind of, um, you know, flex my creative muscles. I love talking, love being energetic, love creating stuff. And it came at the time of when this COVID-19 pandemic started. And I don't know where I would necessarily be without it. I'm not saying that I would be, you know, lost and I'd be in a ditch somewhere or anything like that. But I still look at it and I say, well, this started, it kickstarted a lot for me. It was the one thing that I did when everything shut down. I met some great people, made some good friends, including with some of you listeners, you know, one person, Anthony Burris, shout out to you, my guy, if you're listening to right now. Uh, like, I've made some good friends, and people have sent me some kind words. Sometimes not kind words, don't get me wrong, but that comes with the territory. I am so small in all of this. I'm not trying to act like I'm at all a celebrity. Uh, I am so grateful, and I'm happy for Lockdown Network. Shout out Sean Woodley, who gave me this opportunity in the first place. Um, it's 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 been a blast, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to the podcast. I know that the Padres aren't good uh, not 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 good, but they're not in the greatest of standing right now. Baseball isn't in the greatest of standing right now, but nevertheless, I am still eternally grateful, and I think that this has been a blast. And how long will I do this podcast? I don't know, man. I don't like thinking that far ahead. I try and live in the now. I think we all should, and we should all realize, in a way, we're all kind of lucky in some way. And just to and and for the small things, I think we're lucky. I I, I do think it is a gift to exist. I, I do. I think it's. I think it's a gift to exist. Unfortunately, sometimes existing that brings with it pain in a lot of ways. But it's still a gift to exist in a lot of ways. Not to get too esoteric and spiritual or anything like that, right, on you guys? Uh, but still, um, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of this uh, locked on network and this baseball Z list tier of celebrity fandom. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast so much. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free. Just because today was the big mailbag of episode 400 does not mean that you can't still send me questions. Hit me up on Twitter or the the Lockdown Padres Gmail, uh, LockdownPadres at gmail.com, at LO underscore Padres, whatever you want. Uh, It's been a blast, and hopefully next season will give us even more. Don't worry. Got lots of stuff still to talk about even with this big old lockout. Again, can't thank you all enough. Can't thank you all enough. What in the world is that? Can't thank you all enough. Wearing the fryer, little Snuggie. It's been a blast, man. And with that all being said, thank you one last time for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make another thing your second listen of the day, guys. Make Locked On Bets your second lesson, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. These guys do not miss, believe me. It's free and available on all platforms. In terms of the future of this podcast, guys, going to be doing a whole lot. Going to be talking a whole episode devoted to Jay Cronenworth next week. Um, Going to be doing some more work over at Just Baseball that I might plug here on the show that has to do with Padres stuff, maybe some off-season free agency sort of previews and stuff. Um, Going to be doing a top 10 plays of the 2021 Padres season by the time the year closes out probably, so look forward to that next week. 
And, um, yeah, that's it. 400, man. And here's, here's to, here's to many more, man. And here's to many more great, phenomenal memories. Guys, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, the only pot. That may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Locked on Padres on YouTube. Check out the article on top five favorite uh, players of all time for baseball. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care. Yeah.